Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds, markets for the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, obviously the PGA Tour, Number one sports book, easy to use, safe and secure. Get your winnings fast. That's a key in under two hours. How do you beat that? It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game. Make it a little parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? Tuesday afternoon, March 29th, officially, as of recording this, about eight and a half days away from this tournament that goes by the name of the Masters. And uh, we will have a massive, massive week uh, next week covering the Masters preview show. Preview show, but I mean, whatever's going on, if Tiger's back, I'm going to talk about Tiger today, but... A lot of gambling stuff. Uh, we'll just we'll just be you know what deep in into Augusta next week on Go Low. And I was thinking I might, depending on what happens football wise, but it slows down a little bit. I might my Sunday pod for Monday might just be a reaction to the Masters. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But Jason Sobel joins me today. It'll join me next week. He joins me every week talking about gambling. Uh, talk about this guy named Tiger Woods. It might be coming back. Scotty Scheffler is now number one in the world. If you want to join the show the way we do it, modern day, you know, on radio you call. Before callers, you used to send emails. I guess you could do both. You sent calls, you could send emails. There's text lines. In my world, in the podcast land, we do DMs. And for this podcast, we go to Instagram at Golopod. At Golopod is a separate Instagram from my main account. You Instagram my main account, just you know, talk life, talk football. You want to talk, ask a golf question, slide in my DMs at Golopod. Slide in those DMs and you'll get your question answered here on the show. Very easy, very simple. Follow that Instagram account. Uh, have a lot of golf stuff, golf betting, obviously. Just uh, that's my golf content. Try to separate, you know, separate church and state. Just try to separate the golf stuff from. My life in football, it just helps, you know, definitely question specific to uh, a lot of you guys getting into golf for the first time, which is awesome. Uh, People want to know what to do. I always say, you know, everyone's like, you know, I got into golf for the first time over COVID. I'm really bad. My always advice is one, take a lesson. Just go to your local public course, take a $50 lesson, and he can at least get you pointed in the right direction. And if you're a little uneasy about doing that, you're like, I'm not spending $50, $100 on a lesson. Go to YouTube. And like anytime I have a question on anything in life, like my dryer breaks, uh, something happens in my furnace. I need a new, I need to put the desk together. I get a new television. YouTube is my tutorial. YouTube, literally from a golf standpoint, any question you have about a slice, a hook, chipping, putting, sand play, has you covered. And hell, you can find like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Rory McIlroy giving you teaching points on YouTube. So that would be my recommendation for a lot of you guys send me those like, I'm new into golf. What do I do? How do I get started? And I'm not Hank Haney. I'm not Butch Harmon. I'm uh, just, I'm actually like a 3.9 handicap right now playing like an eight. But you know, have a little game when it's rolling. But I would recommend YouTube or go to your local course. But Let's start with the news of the day. And as of recording this right now, we don't have an official announcement. But I think it's fair to say, Jason Sobel, who you're here a little later, thinks he's playing. 
I saw Colt Nost, former PGA Tour player, U.S. Amateur champion, works for Sirius and CBS now, says he thinks he's playing. That that Joe LaCava, his caddy, fellow bald brother, would not have flown to Florida to walk around with Tiger for shits and giggles. Tiger is locked and loaded. And it's pretty crazy. There aren't many guys that can have like seven comebacks in a career. But he's had a lot of them. And several of them have been self-inflicted. We can debate whether this one self-inflicted. Obviously, it was just him driving a car. He's lucky to be alive. I was told secondhand by people, someone in Los Angeles that knew a guy on the fire crew that, or was in the, I think it was the fire, you know, the fire truck was the first to arrive before the ambulance or one of the first responders to the accident when they got there, bones were everywhere. And remember when that day happened, I think we were all happy the guy was alive, but two, never thought, one, he would ever walk the same, he would ever be the same. But when you did, if you did, and I did, watch the father-son with Charlie, granted he's taking a cart and it's, you know, a resort-style course. Tiger, I wouldn't say had his swag back, but was hitting buttercut drives, hitting beautiful iron play, looked like pretty happy guy. And then you saw him at Riviera with Jim Nance, where two years ago, he had like the puffy face, he didn't look good, his back was in shambles, he wasn't in a good place. Remember, he didn't play last or you know two years ago, the couple days before his accident, because his back was flaring up. He was in bad shape, and you could see it on his face. Tiger wears like his status very, very much on his face. Well, then you saw him this year with Jim Nance. He looked fantastic at the uh, the Hall of Fame induction when Sam in, in, introduced him. He looked great, and there was a visual that went viral. I've never played Riviera. Would love to. Uh, about these stairs that go up. Olympic Club's a little bit like this too. The 18th green is, you play the 18th green, and then you got a long hike to the clubhouse. And Tiger, the steps at Riviera, I don't know, it's, supposedly it's really high. And the video went viral, and this guy basically tweeted, I've walked these steps, and if you have a bad leg, it's not possible to walk them. And he did it no problem. Was high-fiving people, waving to people. So we all had a glimmer of hope, but I'll be completely honest. I didn't expect any golf from Tiger Woods this year, especially not the Masters. But if he plays, you know, I think it'll be pretty freaking cool. My expectations, I won't really have any. I will just be glad to watch him play at Augusta. Now, as Jason Sobel will mention later, he's never in the history of playing this tournament not finished within the top 40. So when he plays the Masters, he makes the cut. And let's face it, he's played this tournament not always playing his best. It's not like he wins this tournament every time he plays it. Nobody knows Augusta better than Eldrick Tiger Woods. And I listen, I, I talk about this a lot. I just have such admiration. You know, I think Tiger and, and Tom Brady have some parallels. Tom Brady did not come back for the fame, the fortune, more money to see himself on TV. He came back for the juice of winning, for the juice of preparing for football games, for the juice of playing on Sundays. He loves it. He needs it. It's all he knows. These guys are addicts. They have more money. Their families are fine. They have young children. They can do whatever they want. It's like Jerry Jones said, uh, you know, one of the original hard knocks, Jerry Jones walks into the team meeting and I mean, it's such a big ego thing to say, but it's it's so true. And he says, basically, guys, I could be anywhere in the world, but I'm here with you. Now, it's I'm not comparing Jerry Jones to Tiger and Tom, but my point is that Tom Brady coming out of retirement and Tiger Woods coming back from like his seventh major injury when his leg was shattered to just compete in the Masters again and not be like some carnival show, not just be like some you know, spectator, just show up for people to see you. Like, he's coming to compete. Now, ultimately, deep down, does he know, I probably can't win this one? Maybe. But I think he's coming thinking, like, I can be in the mix. I can compete at this course as well as anybody. I know everywhere to go around this course. And as Colin Morikawa, I saw say, probably within the last month, they go, you're the best iron player on tour. And he goes, no, I'm not. Tiger Woods is still the best iron player. Now, part of that is the reverence he has for Tiger Woods. 
But I also think when Tiger's healthy, he's not just the greatest iron player. He's the greatest iron player ever. There is no close second. It's Tiger on a pedestal by himself. But the determination by this human being to never tap out is to me of all his championship pedigree, of his ability to intimidate people on Sundays, his ability to make these clutch putts, his ability to never quit, to never say, I retire, to ever say, I don't need to do this anymore. I I often think about myself. If I had, I mean, he's got hundreds of million dollars in the bank. If I just had $75 million in the bank and everything in my life was paid off and I was just money, I never had to think about it again. Would I still work as hard? Would I still watch all these games to give you guys takes? Would I still be invested in everything I do? And I, I'd say I love what I do. I'm, I don't have much balance in my life. I'm an all-in guy, but I question that sometimes. And I, yet I see Tom and I see Tiger. They refuse to go off into the sunset because they are addicted to their craft. They are addicted to the juice of competing. And I don't think it's, you know, really... Like, it's it's pretty simple why they're that great. Now, obviously, they have the talent, but their work ethic and love. And I say this all the time. When you love what you do, whether that is, you know, running a, a whatever, a company selling printers or playing quarterback, it's so much easier to work because you don't ever feel like you're working that hard because you love what you're working on. Right? Like Elon Musk loves running companies. Gary Vee likes doing all this entrepreneurial shit. Tim Cook clearly likes Apple, right? When you're all in and you're addicted to your job, whatever that may be, whether that's playing golf or whether that's, you know, running the seven Chick fil A's you own, it's so much easier to spend extra time. And the only way to be the best in your field is to spend an inordinate amount of time. There's no circumventing that, even in 2022. Like, obviously, work ethic, like, you got to work smart, not, you know, you got to work smart and hard. And I, I think Tiger's will to just play golf is his defining characteristic of all his attributes that made him one of the greatest champions sport has ever seen. And if he comes back, I, I think it'll be one of the cooler and, and bigger stories. I mean, the irony of him coming back, Duke, North Carolina is going to be, I mean, on paper, Coach K's last, you know, they've never played in the tournament before. It's if whenever he loses or, you know, if he wins the championship, this is it. This is going to be one of the biggest NCAA tournament games ever. Now, is Tiger Woods returning to the Masters where he played a couple years ago a bigger story than that? I don't know, but it's going to be on the short list of sports stories in 2022, it'll be hard to be topped. Because the other thing, if he plays in this, why wouldn't he play in the U.S. Open? Why wouldn't he play in the PGA Championship? Why wouldn't he play in the Open Championship? Why wouldn't he, at minimum, he just play the other four majors? If you give me Tiger in four majors, what a golf season. And we already know how fun it is. Like, Scotty Scheffler just became number one in the world, and he feels a little bit like an afterthought. Isn't that kind of crazy? Now, if you're listening to this and you're more of a casual golf fan, Scotty Scheffler probably doesn't resonate that much with you. He might soon because he just went on a 45-day stretch, which was Tiger-like. Like, guys have great seasons now and win once in a season. Like, John Rahm, I'm pretty sure, won one time in 2021. Now, granted... He failed a COVID test and got booted off the Memorial. He would have won that tournament as well as the U.S. Open. But you can be compete to be the player of the year and win like a major. Or like Justin Thomas last year, win the players. Win three tournaments in 45 days, and they're not random tournaments in the middle of nowhere. They're not like, oh, it's just the uh, North Dakota Open and uh, the New Jersey, uh, the New Jersey... Inventational? No. He won Waste Management, Loaded Field, beat Cantlay in a playoff. He won the Arnold freaking Palmer, who Tiger has won it seven times. And then he won the match play, which was a loaded field. So, I, I, Scotty Scheffler, to me, there are some parallels with Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas. And Spieth, when he's rolling, fits into this category, too. They're just, you know, so many guys now just hit it 330, 340 yards and have nine iron wedge in their hand. The golf, the game's kind of boring. 
This guy hits it pretty far, but he's an artist. I saw him hit a low stinging cut drive. He can hit high towering draws. His feet are going every which way. He kind of looks gangly. He's just, the dude just can play. You, you know, sometimes in football, you know, I remember going to the combine a lot and seeing a guy like loved him in college. And then you'd be like, ah, he's not big enough. He, his body's kind of weird. Something's off with this guy. And then you kind of get off the scent. I remember when I was with the Eagles, we brought in Bobby Wagner, who was coming out of Utah State. He wore a Ninja Turtle backpack, and we're just like, you know, this guy's kind of weird. A decade later, the guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, some guys just got it. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what clothes they wear. It doesn't matter how quirky they are. When the game starts, whatever they play, whether it's golf like Scotty Scheffler, whether it's football like some guys or basketball, those motherfuckers can play. And to me, Scotty Scheffler... This dude is going to be a force on the PGA Tour for a long time. Talk about blue chippers. One thing that's cool right now about the PGA Tour, you know, when I was young, like Tiger and Phil, there were occasional guys like that. But for the most part, it would be like a slow bleed for some guys. And a lot of international guys were playing in Tiger and Phil's heyday, right? Ernie Els, Ratif Goosen, Vijay Singh. It wasn't just all American guys. A lot of the American guys now are blue chip guys, basically from like Texas and the SEC. Justin Thomas, Alabama. Jordan Spieth, University of Texas. Colin Morikawa, Cal. Victor Hovland, Oklahoma State. Wolf looked like one. He's kind of falling off the map. Oklahoma State. Davis Riley, who just was Alabama. You know, these guys are just coming from these premium programs, hitting the ground running, ready to kick ass and take names. And it's fun to watch. John Rahm, he's a Euro, but Arizona State. Phil Mickelson, I remember, bet someone a million dollars, he'll win a major. Boom, won a major. Or maybe the bet was a major in five years. And Scotty Scheffler, to me, if he was an NFL player, he would have been like Jamar Chase or something. He would have been a Texas elite player. He would have been a top 10 pick, and he's come into the pros and kicked ass and taken names. Because last year, was like, could he win? Can he not? But he gets to the Ryder Cup, and he's clearly one of the best players. This year, three tournaments in 45 days. He went from being like 50-1 to one to win the Masters. Right now, he's like 16-17-1. to one. That I, I love watching. I say it all the time. I watch pro sports for the best. I watched baseball growing up for Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, and Greg Maddox, and Pedro Martinez, and Randy Johnson. I didn't watch for the random utility infielder. I wanted to watch guys hit 500-foot home runs. I watched the NBA for Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson. I watched golf for Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, John Rom, Dustin Johnson. I appreciate these other guys' stories. I like when I have money on a guy. But ultimately, if you give me the choice, I want to see the best players on the weekend. I want to see the best players compete to win the Masters, the U.S. Open. I love that. Last year was sweet, the U.S. Open, right? John Rahm wins it. Bryson DeChambeau has a lead going into the, to the back nine. Couple, you know, last year, the Masters, Hideki, but Xander and Jordan. Like, that's Dustin, Kepka. Like, I want to see the elite guys. And I think golf's in a great spot. As Tiger, you know, holds on near the end, and Phil, who knows? We may never see him again. They have so many freaking young guys that are going nowhere. I think there's been a tweet, like, every top five guy... Uh, in the world golf rankings are all under 30, right? John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, the group, Morikawa, group is loaded, and it's it's really fun to watch. A couple quick bets this week. I'm going with Gary Woodland. You can find him on FanDuel about 30 to 1. Uh, I just think he's been close. Uh, He's a tough golf course player, and uh, he finished T6 here last year at the Valero, Texas. So I'm going to go Gary as my pretty big bet. And then I just dabbled on some different guys like uh, Davis Riley, who played well a couple weeks ago in Tampa. Thagala, who is just, again, another blue chip guy from Pepperdine. I think uh, when COVID hit, right, the golf season canceled. He's like, fuck it, I'll just go pro. And we see him a couple. He's big. Uh, he's just, he's got game and I got him 80 to one. I think Neesmith, I threw, these are just like $20 bets at 80 to one, a hundred to one. Uh, just, just to keep me interested this week because I am not, I'll be honest. I'm not that into the Valero Texas open, but mainly because the masters is right around the corner. And when you have to me a major or the players, it's just that tournament 
sucks the life out of the tournament before and definitely sucks the life out of the tournament after. So the, the Masters can't get here fast enough. I already have a wager on Victor Hovland. Uh, I, I'm tempted. I'm not going to put anything on Tiger. Maybe t- like a top 20 on Tiger. But definitely, I'm thinking about Kepka. I'm thinking about Justin Thomas. Dustin Johnson showed some signs of life. I enjoy match play. I, I thought that tournament was was fun to watch. It's fun to watch other guys be in the mix. You know, Abe Anter, Kevin Kisner can go toe-to-toe with Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, you know, whoever, Justin Thomas. And that doesn't always happen at normal golf courses. That course looks a little weird. Uh, it'd be very hard for most of us mortals but it's I I enjoy watching it on TV, I, and I just enjoy the whole setup. Guys giving guys putts, you know. Guys when they're out of it picking up, and you know, guys. It's just it's it's a fun setup. I I would not want to watch match play once a month, but but I I can dig it. You know, basically once a year. Beside the team events, step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour or FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet and get $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in in the action. Make a PGA Tour bet. Free $5, you know, your $5. Get a free $150. It's hard to beat. So go low this summer. And bet the PGA Tour. Join FanDuel today with the promo code Colin. Then you have to place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed. FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free terms and conditions apply attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season this is freddie prince jr and i am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only jeff die get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches dissect the fiercest feuds and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling we're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned thursdays freddie you know we got to give the people what they want this season we have an all-star lineup of special guests we're going to be gracing our podcast bringing with them their own unique insights experiences and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, back at it again for another week. Well, really, it's the it's the lead up to the big week uh, of Augusta. But we start with the Valero Texas Open. But before we dive into the Valero Texas Open, I have to get Mr. Golf, Jason Sobel, every week, Monday through Wednesday, Sirius XM, 2 to 4 Eastern, Links and Locks Podcast, Action Network. You can find his previews on Twitter. Uh, get on it because his previews for every week and uh, coming up in a big week is going to be massive. But... We have to start with the young man who once played at Stanford University, who's went on to win a lot of tournaments, the cat, Eldrick Tiger Woods. As of recording this, his plane's already touched down. Hell, he might even be on property. Uh, Let's start. Do you expect him to play at Augusta next week, Jason? Hello, John. While we get right into it, I I will say I tweeted out the fact that It speaks volumes that Scotty Scheffler won the other day, became number one in the world for the first time. He didn't trend on Twitter. Tiger Woods essentially took a plane ride. He didn't speak. He didn't commit to the master's field. He took a plane ride and he is trending all over the place today. And for good reason, we all understand why. And yes, if you're going to give me even money right now, I will absolutely bet that Tiger Woods is going to play next week. He's not taking a plane ride to Augusta simply because he wants a sweet tea and a pimento cheese sandwich in the Augusta National Clubhouse. That's not how this works. He's going up there to, to see if he can walk this golf course, to see if he can play this golf course, to ensure that he's not going to embarrass himself when he plays in the Masters next week. But yeah, I, I have every reason to believe that he is going up there with every thought of, I'm going to give it a go for the first time in 17 months. I'm going to play an individual competitive event. And John, I think he's going to play pretty well if he does too. Okay. Well, I, you know, he's going to be very popular to gamble on, you know, betting him to win outright feels a little extreme, but as we've learned before, you can never discount him. What do you think is a, is a credible bet, whether it's a top 10, top 20, top five, whatever that you would feel pretty good about, going in when he tees it off on Thursday. I'm actually writing up my preview content already, and I have him down, and granted, it's contingent on him playing, but I have him down for a top 40 right now, and that's a a very conservative play. I get that in the history of golf prognostication writing. There's never been anyone in my industry who said, yeah, I like Tiger for a top 40. I mean, back in the day, it would have been minus 10,000 for Tiger Woods to finish in the top 40. It would have been a ridiculous bet. And yet now you look at it and you say, okay, well, uh, that's fair. And the reason I say top 40 is because in 21 career professional starts at Augusta National, Tiger's never finished outside the top 40. So that's at least where I'm starting things. If indeed he does play, he looks pretty good. I'm, I'm going to have him in my final master's ranking, which I'll have at the Action Network uh, early next week. Of the 90-something player field, he'll probably be somewhere 20 to 25 on my ranking, which is, hey, look, that's amazing for a guy who nearly died in a car accident just over a year ago. Uh, still pales a little bit in comparison to where we've seen Tiger in the past at the Masters, but I don't think anyone would be disappointed from something inside the top 25 from Tiger next week. Well, I think it's fair to say that of all the people listening to this right now, including myself, there might not be one person who has ever stepped side inside the gates at Augusta. You, you've been there. Why? You know, because on uh, clearly television doesn't do it justice. 
how hilly is it? I mean, we hear a lot about it, but when yeah. you're out there, is it, you know, you've been to all these courses, all these major courses. I mean, is it right up there with any in terms of the undulation of the actual course? Yeah, it's up there with just about all of them. Uh, very undulated, elevated golf course. It's hilly. And it's less about walking up and down those hills. And it's more about trying to hit off a little downhill lie, a little uphill lie, a little side hill lie. And for Tiger, I I'm guessing that when he gets to Augusta National, it might be happening as you and I are speaking right now, him out on the golf course. It's not just, well, I'm going to walk down the fairways and I'm going to hit some shots and I'm going to see how I feel. It's, hey, I'm going to take a ball and I'm going to put it with you know a, a lie that's four inches below my feet and see how it feels when I try to hit that shot. I'm going to put it uh, you know four inches above my feet. I'm going to take a side of He's going to try to figure out how he can hit the ball with each of these lies, what feels okay to him, what doesn't. The one thing we do know about Tiger, John, is that I don't think pain is going to be a factor. I think Tiger does a pretty good job of just blocking out that pain, of compartmentalizing and keeping that in the back of his mind and not even worrying about it. This guy won the 2008 US Open, remember, on essentially one leg. He had a torn ACL. He had multiple leg fractures. If he can do that, he can play with this. So I think it's more about, can I physically go walk the golf course? And technically, can my swing hold up under these high-pressure situations more so than just, Oh, uh, it might hurt. I don't want to go out there if it's going to hurt. I don't think he's worried about that. Okay, let's. Well, it's a tough transition, but there is a golf tournament this week, the mm -hmm. Valero Texas Open. Uh, did, did Jordan Spieth is he? He's the defending champion, correct? Of this of this tournament. He so, uh, and then he rolled year. right into Augusta and played well. So this helped him gain a lot of momentum last year. It doesn't feel like he's playing quite the same, but the guy that you picked to win this tournament, and I think he's kind of a favorite just for a lot of the golf gambling community, Chris Kirk, 40 to one, as, as we're talking right now, uh, sell me on him. Yeah, this happens way too often, John. So I sit around on a Sunday afternoon watching the final round of the previous week and writing about the next week. And so I was sitting there doing my research. I found Chris Kirk, top 15 finishes in three of his last four starts, top 15 at the Valero Texas Open and four of his last six there, a nice little convergence of form and course history. And I said, all right, I got it, a little diamond in the rough. I found a guy. All of a sudden, wake up Monday morning, his odds are way too short. You mentioned 40 to 1. I've seen him as low as 25 to 1 in some places. The guy hasn't won in six, seven, eight years. Uh, give me a little bit of a break. Give me some longer odds, please. But uh, yes, I do still like Chris Kirk. He is uh, gaining strokes in every major category on the PGA Tour this season. That leads to 15th in strokes gain total. And quite frankly, I know people like to look at they look to look at wins. They look to look at money earned, FedEx Cup points, all that kind of stuff. Strokes gain total essentially shows you who is playing the best golf. For Chris Kirk to be 15th on that list so far this season, better than a lot of other big-name players, that speaks volumes about where he is with his game. One guy who's coming off a really good week last week at the match play, and it's a unique event, granted, is Corey Connors. Now, his odds reflect that this week. I mean, he's he's being treated like a JT, you know, like a Dustin Johnson at, at 14, 16 to 1. Uh, is that just way too high for a guy that, you know, you would say you wouldn't be shocked at all if he's in the mix come Sunday, right? One of the best stories to come out of golf in the last handful of years was in 2019 when Corey Connors was not even in the field on Monday, made it through a Monday qualifier, got into the field, won the golf tournament that week, and on Sunday night was on a plane flying to Augusta, Georgia, as the last man with that golden ticket to the chocolate factory, so to speak, uh, getting into the Masters field. This time around, he's already in the Masters field. He's got to be using this as a little prep work, a little, uh, you know, kind of get right week. But fresh off of seven matches in five days, dude, it's I was lot. just tired watching all that golf. <laughs> he's got to be exhausted after that. So I don't expect a whole lot from Corey Connors. He's a fade for me this week. Okay, a name for you. Younger player who was just in the mix a couple weeks ago who's won here before. So he has some course history. Now, granted, on the Corn Ferry, Davis Riley, I think you would like these numbers probably 80, 90 to one, but he's mm -hmm. 55, 50 to one range. Uh, is Win equity, would you would you feel more comfortable doing a top five, a top 10 with a guy like Davis Riley? You know, I, I almost think if I'm going Davis Riley, might as well go big and take him to win at that number, but I, I don't love it. And, you know, it's just a shame because again, it's just a, a matter of the number being too short. Again, if you, you mentioned it, if he was 80 or 90 to one this week, 
Yeah, coming off a playoff loss in his last start at a place where he's won in the past on the Corn Ferry Tour two years ago. Sure, I love Davis Riley. He's got a great swing. This guy is going to be a stud, very much in the same vein that we've seen Scotty Scheffler, now number one in the world, and Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. There is no secret formula to figuring this stuff out. These guys are all excellent junior players excellent collegiate players, excellent corn ferry players. They get to the PGA tour and maybe it doesn't happen right away. Like a Jordan Spieth or a Colin Morikawa, but at some point they will be excellent PGA tour players. All of that said, I will take another guy sort of on the same trajectory this week with a bigger number next to his name and maybe a little bit more ready to win, or at least on the same level as Davis Riley. That's Sahith Figala who is 75 to one this week. I, I like that number uh, 25 points higher than Davis Riley. And as we've seen from Thigala, this guy, I think has some win equity at some point, he's just going to go out and blitz the field. We're not going to find him at 75 to one in this type of field much longer. So you might as well jump on it while you can. You think there's something to be said about, you know, I know JT and Rory are a little shorter, but Scotty's tall, Thigala's tall. Obviously, you know, DJ's been dominating for a long time. Some of these bigger athletes, you know, coming on the tour. Is that a trend? I mean, you're at some of these tournaments, see these younger players, the guys, the Corn Ferry guys that get a shot. Or is that just, is that random? I mean, there's always, you know, Ernie was big, Faldo was big. There's just always an element of that. Or does it feel like we're trending getting guys that feel a little bit more like true pro athletes on the tour? All right. There's a couple parts to this. I remember speaking with Gary Woodland. We did a little sit down a few years ago and Gary said, look, I I got great advice when I was a kid. Basically, I used to go out there with my buddies and we were told, go swing as hard as you possibly can. And then we'll work backwards from there. And so he's like, "I, I learned to hit it far before I learned how to hit it well. And before I learned how to be accurate. And so uh, he said, I I know that sounds crazy to all these old school types who think, no, it's all about ball striking. You've got to be precise. Learn how to hit it far. If you can't hit it far, you're not going to succeed on the game's highest level. And so I think there's something to that. And I think kids are starting to understand that second part of it is they start working with trainers. They start understanding how to keep their bodies in shape at a young age. So even if it's not a kid who's six, three, even if it's someone who's five foot nine, they're going to be in good shape. They're not going to be a kid who's five, nine out of shape. They're going to understand how to treat their bodies at a younger age. And then I'll throw in the fact that, look, I, I don't know that Sahith Figala was going to be an outside linebacker in high school if he didn't play golf. But at some point we've talked so much about concussions and CTE and other issues in other sports, in contact sports, where uh, at some point parents are going to say to a kid who's, uh, who's a big kid, who's athletic, who, who understands how to play different sport. Hey, you're 6'4", 235. Would you like to go get your head bashed in playing football for four years in college and maybe sign a contract in the NFL someday and then go try to find a job by the time you're 26 28 years old, if that all works out perfectly, or would you like to go play golf and potentially have a career for the next 30 years and be able to do this for the rest of your life? And so I think there's something to having these bigger kids gravitate towards the game of golf. And yes, we should probably thank Tiger Woods, who nearly 25 years ago to this week, won the Masters at the age of 21 and made golf cool for a lot of these kids moving forward. And there was a point, you know, probably mid 2000s when Tiger looked like he could play a little outside linebacker. You know, he he got up there. You safety. know, the, I go strong safety. Come <laughs> strong on. safety, yeah, in the box safety. You, you scouted know, these up. guys. I don't know if we're throwing him at linebacker. <laughs> yeah. He's throwing him at safety. He's he's got the metal capacity to handle it. You're right. The size. You know, he's. <laughs> I don't know if he's quite big enough, but appreciate it, Sobel, and talk to you soon. Thanks. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go uh, to the mailbag. Go Low Pod. At Go Low Pod is the Instagram. And all you have to do is just slide into those direct messages. They're wide open. You slide in and you get your question answered here on the show. I heard you talking about the Formula One drive to survive many times. So I started it and have been watching it for a couple weeks. It's way badass. Agree. I love shit talking from the drivers and the teams. Honestly shows you how cutthroat Formula One is. Golf is very cutthroat sport. They really need to emphasize that in the PGA docuseries. But I think they will really capture the audience by showing the guys who are battling every week to keep their court to keep their card. Showing the no-name guys who need the money to finish in the top five in the ten. I'm very interested to see what they put together for it. Also, talking about crazy California prices. How about the price of golf now ever since the pandemic? My local course is charging $20 more around. The days of showing up and having the course to yourself are bye-bye. It's bittersweet. Happy to see a lot of these courses survived when when they were on the verge of closing. Golf is booming. I agree. There are some nice public courses by me uh, in some vineyards. This course called Wenty that used to be, I could play. I mean, it's a it's an upper end public course. You know, pre-COVID, it was probably, you know, weekday would be 90, weekend would be 110. Now it's like 175. And I, I'm with you. Every just random public course that was, you know, $30, $40 is now $60, $70. And then if you had that 80 price point, it's now 120. And it just, it makes you think, right? Like you're at... You could argue if you can find the right club to join, you're better off joining a club than you are playing these public courses. Because like he just mentioned, the amount of people at these public courses is outrageous right now. I mean, absolutely outrageous. This public course by my house called Boundary Oaks, I used to go there because as a podcaster, you know, sometimes like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... You know, probably past like three or four, you know, especially in the summer, it's light out till eight. I I can go play by myself. I can play 18 holes in two hours. I used to be able to do that no problem. The problem is now you go to these courses, it's just jammed. And I hate that. I play like Dustin Johnson on the weekdays. I I like moving fast. And unlike him, I I don't go slow on the putts. 
have been following since the herd first introduced us to you and have turned on many friends to your work. Congrats. Appreciate it. I think the golf pod, we need to know, John Middlecoff, what's in the bag. Well, I have uh, TaylorMade 790 irons because uh, like three or four years ago, I was DMing TaylorMade. I DMed everyone trying to do a little trade. I'll give you some guys some pub on uh, social media for some clubs. TaylorMade said, well, how about this? We'll send you a bunch of golf balls and we'll give you 50% off on uh, club order. So I ordered a set of irons. Uh, I got Callaway Woods. You know, it's probably like two or three years old. I probably need to upgrade my irons. You know, I, I enjoy them, but hell, you know, if you're listening from Callaway, I'm open to it. If you're listening from Titleist, I'm open to it. And I think I just have Titleist wedges. But I'm not a huge, like, once I find some clubs that I like, I'm not PXG. I've always kind of been fascinated by. I've never played them, but I, I would in a heartbeat. You should definitely do episodes doing whole-by-whole reviews of well-known courses. You get to play. I definitely tune in for episodes on courses I've had the chance to play. I think it would be great content to talk honestly about courses and how the experience is decent to the average golfer. You know, I think that would probably be a better YouTube than it would be a podcast, but I could be wrong. The other thing is like, Let's just pick a couple of the nicest courses I've ever played. Olympic Club and LA Country Club. Well, I would imagine a large percentage of my audience has never played Olympic Club, right? Let's just hypothetically I say I played like Pinehurst. How many people have really played Pinehurst? Now, to me, if I played a course that was on TV that given week and then did it, maybe there would be something there. But listen, I'm an idea guy, so keep bringing those ideas. You might be on to something. We might just need to uh, hone that in. I've recently started playing Daily Fantasy for the PGA Tour on DraftKings. We're FanDuel, but, you know, they FanDuel does too. Where I can pick a lineup of six golfers, and I'm looking for better ways to pick players. When you make your picks, how much weight do you put into course history, recent results, statistics, or do you just kind of go with your gut? After watching Kisner dominate this weekend, it makes me feel like I need to put more emphasis on course history. I think course history is huge. I put more emphasis on course history than I do on form with good players. Now, if you get good players with good course history that are playing well, it's a no-brainer. But it's hard when a guy does not have course history. Like Bryson DeChambeau, you can't touch him at the Masters. But like the Masters, you will be able to get guys who have played well there. Like, I think Brian Harmon's played well there. Charlie Hoffman. Look up guys over the last decade that have had success. If you can get Adam Scott, right, you know, at... 8,200, you're going to need some of those guys. He's won it before. Or Bubba, who's not playing that great, but he's comfortable there. Sergio. So course history to me is very, very important. Waste management at the Florida Swing, at Pebble Beach, at Riviera, at, you know, obviously Augusta. St. Andrews will be one coming up later this summer. I don't even know where the U.S. Open is. Actually, I don't even know where the PGA Championship is. I haven't even looked. I was pulling for Scotty all weekend, watching him go from about to blow it to pulling it out, playing off to winning and ranked number one in the world after the last year was really great story to watch. Worth a top 10-5 bet at Augusta. Also, check out Severance on Apple TV. You will love it or hate it. So many questions could be taken uh, years to play out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a sexy pick to win it, but it's basically impossible if your name's not Tiger Woods to win three times in 40 days and then win the Masters for your fourth win. So I would say the likelihood of winning it would probably, the odds are just against you in any golf tournament. But I would feel very good about putting a top 10 bet on him. The problem is his odds have gone up so dramatically that you don't even get him very cheap. That'd be that'd be my issue. You just, you know, I bet top 10 for Scotty Scheffler when the books put it all up next week, two to one maybe. Maybe. Might be like one and a half. I'm a Texas alum and became a huge Scotty Scheffler fan. Obviously, Spieth got all the hype coming out of UT and his first few years on tour, justifiably so. I know Spieth is close to a career Grand Slam, but I think we can both agree he may never be the same. If you had to bet who is the better all-time player, are you taking Scotty or Jordan Spieth? Well, to put it into perspective, because I think we do this a lot in golf. Right after a guy has a couple wins, we go Scotty Scheffler, 
is going to have a better career than Jordan Spieth. And you, you just got to rattle off some of Jordan's accomplishments because they're pretty remarkable. And I think we talk about Jordan Spieth like he's my age. He's 28 years old. Now, he's won the Masters, he's won the U.S. Open, and he's won the Open Championship. And he's also finished runner-up in the PGA Championship. So, he's been the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. He's been the PGA Player of the Year. He's led in money list. He's won the FedEx Championship. Uh, he's obviously, you know, he could win. He's, I would say he probably wins another Masters. Uh, is I don't think he's ever won the Players. But he finished, like, and for example, last year, he finished second across the pond at the Open. He finished third at the Masters. That was just last year. So I wouldn't, you know, he was just on the Ryder Cup. I wouldn't count Jordan out yet. Scotty Scheffler, and here's the other thing about Jordan. Jordan has 12 career PGA Tour wins. 12. Now, Scotty's 24 years old, but he's got three. He has to 4X his win total to get to Jordan. If Jordan's career ended tomorrow, if he just went off in the sunset with his wife, his family, has had some more babies, he's had a Hall of Fame career. Three major championships? <laughs> I mean, he's... Jordan Spieth's a fucking legend. But I would say moving forward, if I had to bet on a horse, I'd take Scotty. Appreciate everyone listening. Get in these DMs. Answer your questions. If you got any golf questions, any gambling questions, and let's keep rocking and rolling, baby. Adios. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.